Hey, and welcome back to Ancient Ways for Modern Days. My name is Mike Freeman. I am the pastor here at Valley Christian Fellowship in Longview, Washington. And I'm so thankful that you're joining me again today as we devotionally journey through the New Testament, looking at each chapter and just a portion of each chapter, uh, thinking about how we can apply it a little bit more deeply to our lives and, and connect the dots from, from the ancient word of God to, to the modern life that we now live. And so today we are in Acts chapter 4. Now, if you joined us for our last recording, in Acts chapter 3, we, we saw the healing of this lame beggar. We, we had Peter and John together. They heal this man. They proclaim the gospel. And uh, and it's amazing. It's amazing. People are beginning to believe. And there's a, there's a lot of attention that are being given to Peter and John in this moment. And subsequently, they end up finding themselves being arrested. And now they are appearing before the the religious council. And in a sense, they're being tried. They're they're being questioned. It's an interrogation in a sense. And here's what I want us to look at. I want us to look at part of their response and how the, the council treats them. And I want to do this for two reasons. I really want to make the connection to the way we think about our evangelism today, the way we share our faith. Because most of us, we we have moments where we say, I don't know if I know enough to talk about Jesus. I I don't know if I know enough to share about Jesus. What if what if I say the wrong thing? So uh, sometimes we feel that way. And and in the same way, sometimes we say, well, you know, I, I don't think I'm supposed to share. I mean, there's, there's all these laws and, and you have to be really careful about talking about Jesus because of the way others will perceive it. And what if, uh, what if there's some, an authority that don't like the way I'm talking? How do I deal with that? I think this passage, it actually, it, it touches on both of those uh, causes for, for fear or trepidation, for hesitancy when we are faced with moments of opportunity to share the gospel. And so let's let's dive into this text. They're appearing before the council and they're beginning to give their response. And so their response, here's what they say. They say, this Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders. <laughs> they're not speaking with nuance here. They're not speaking gently. They're not speaking with uh, with a sense of softness. They're just very direct and bold before the council it says, which has become the cornerstone. Say, Jesus, who you rejected, that you you pushed aside, that you crucified, he has now become the cornerstone. He is the one from which everything is measured from. He is the one from which everything is built from. Verse 12, and there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Now, here, here's what you have in verses 11 and 12. Just a very clear, concise, crisp, bold proclamation of the gospel. They say, listen, there, there is no other name under which under heaven by which anyone can be saved. This, this sounds a lot like Jesus in, in John chapter 14. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. This is the proclamation. Now, look at the council's response. Now, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated common men, they were astonished. How are these men who are fishermen, 
How are these uneducated men standing here articulating something so clearly and so boldly? This did not make sense. This does not compute. This was not expected. These men should not be talking in this way. What is the reason? And they recognized they had been with Jesus. They recognized these men had been with Jesus. This is what was the cause of their ability to articulate. And this is the cause of their ability to to share so boldly. That they had been with Jesus. And more than that, the Spirit of God now dwelt in them. Hold on, time out. The, The Spirit of God that dwelt in them is the same Holy Spirit that now dwells in you and in me. You realize in those moments where we say, well, I probably don't know enough to talk about Jesus. You realize it's not even necessarily about how much you know. It's about the spirit of God that dwells in you. When you step out in faith and when you open your mouth and you're willing to talk about Jesus, have a conversation about Jesus, even something as simple as this. And here's the deal. If you're part of Valley in particular, but if you've been listening to this very long, you have the foundation built into you by now. Because every week when we preach, in, in every one of these videos, almost every one of these videos, there's a gospel connection. There's a gospel hook where we say, here's the foundation of our faith. Jesus was the only one who lived a perfect life and died a substitutionary death. He paid the price for your sin and for mine. Jesus died for us. And Jesus was raised for us so that everyone who believes in him has, has salvation. That's the message. You, you and I, we're able to share that. Something as simple as that. This is, this is why you and I, we, we have such confidence. Regardless of our theological education, you and I, we have the spirit in us. And so we can, we can take a step of faith and an attempt to share. And it might not go perfectly, but the Lord will use it. Verse 14. But seeing the man who was healed standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition. But when they had commanded them to leave the council, they conferred with one another, saying, What shall we do with these men? For that a notable sign has been performed through them is evident to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. Here's what they do. They say, You guys, you guys step outside. Peter, John, step outside, and then they, they put their heads together. It's almost like a football huddle. They're like, guys, what do we do? This man is clearly healed, and, and so we can't deny that because everyone sees that, but we can't have these men going around talking about Jesus all the time. Verse 18, or verse 17 says, But in order that it may spread no further among the people, let us warn them to speak no more among anyone in this name. So they called them back in and charged them not to speak or to teach it all in the name of Jesus. Listen, you guys, no more talking in Jesus' name is the instruction given. Verse 19, but Peter and John answered them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge for we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. And when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way to punish them because of the people, for all were praising God for what had happened. Here's their response. They say, we are going to continue to talk about Jesus. 
We are going to continue to share what we have seen and heard, whether you think it's right or not. In fact, they, they say to these, this council, you have to go to God and you have to figure out between you and God if that's right or not. But we already know. Let's bring this to our modern day. In our modern day, here's what that means. We live in a world that just put very, very bluntly, we live in a world that wants to shut us up. We live in a world that does not want to hear about Jesus we live in a world, your place of education, your place of employment, your neighborhood, your sports leagues, your extracurricular activities, the restaurants you go to, we live in a world that many are working at doing exactly what this council did. They want us to not speak or teach in the name of Jesus. But listen, Jesus has been given all authority in heaven on earth. God is sovereign over all things. And ultimately, we have to ask the question, does the Lord want me to share? And if he does, regardless of whether or not my, any other authority wants me to or not, I am going to obey the Lord. Now, I understand. I understand we live in a complicated world. I understand that, you know, if you go into your workplace and you just start standing on the, the, the desk and start sharing the gospel, that's probably not going to go well. That's not what I'm telling you to do. But, but what we, we learn from this passage is not only internally do we have the ability, but externally we have the command and the commission. We have this compulsion. We, we must share. So, so that, that means sometimes we find tactful ways to share. That means sometimes we, we look for the right opportunities. We don't just like bull in a China shop shop go and, and share with everyone loudly and, and however that might work. We have to be tactful. But listen, we have been called to share and we will answer to the Lord. We we're called to answer before him and live a life that's right before him because of what we've received in Jesus Christ. This is the ancient way for our modern day right now. It's to consider who we are called to live faithfully before them, but before the Lord and before others, sharing this great news of Jesus and his death and his resurrection.